which begins on page 1445 in the Pew Bibles, Micah chapter 5, verses 2 through 5. Hear the word of God. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor gives birth, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and there will be peace. He will be their peace." May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. All right, so before we begin this morning, I wanted to say for the people on Facebook, we're going to try something new. So if it fails, forgive us. But if it doesn't, then we'll keep it. Um, We're going to try to get the slides to show up on Facebook so you aren't just looking at me the whole time and listening to me. You'll actually see what people in the church are seeing. So I want to start out by telling you a story. Last year, the day after Thanksgiving, I think it was November 25th last year, um, I ordered something for my son, a present. I had this idea. It was for Christmas, and I thought he's going to love it. He had just recently bought a Blackstone grill, you know, the flat griddle. And this thing that I bought him was like a little caddy, about two feet long and maybe 10 to 12 inches wide. And you just put all your stuff in it, all your utensils and your spices and everything. Had pockets in it. It was really neat. I couldn't wait to give it to him. So I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And like December comes around, I haven't heard about this thing being shipped. So I look. It's coming from China. Of course, I didn't, I didn't even look. It's coming from China. So I'm waiting and waiting, and finally, I'm getting these messages saying it's in the air, it's now in Los Angeles, and it's making its way across the country. And December 23rd, I get a shipping notice. It's been delivered. I'm out on my porch looking around. I don't see it. I look around the side of the house. I don't see it. I look again. Yeah, it's been delivered. I didn't have it. Well, in my house, we have cameras. You can't put something on my porch without me seeing it. You can't take it off my porch without me seeing it. What? It never showed up. So I'm looking at neighbors' porches. Ask the neighbors, hey, did you get this big box? No. It never showed up. So I contact the company. They didn't argue with me. They gave me my money back makes me wonder. But anyway, what I, why am I telling you this? Because it wasn't promised. Sure, we had an agreement. I pay the money, you ship me the product, but there was never a promise. So what is a promise? I don't know what a promise is, right? But I want to give you the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition of promise. Here it is. A declaration or assurance that one will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. Sounds reasonable, right? We know that to be a promise. That one will do a particular thing or a particular thing will happen. Declaration or assurance. 
Okay? So, can promises be broken? Oh, yeah, yeah. Anybody say that promises can't be broken? Why do you say that? Why do you say that a promise can't be broken? Or why do you say that a promise can be broken, I should say? It's simple, because we've all probably had promises made to us that were broken, right? Absolutely. And it's a shame, because, you know, when I was growing up, when I first heard the word promise, I asked my dad, what's this mean? What's promise mean? He said, when you say you promise, you never go back on it. You never go back on it. And that's the way he raised me. That if you can't promise, you don't use that word. But if you can promise and you plan on sticking to it, then you can use the word. Okay? But I soon found out that not everybody grew up underneath my dad because people were breaking promises all the time. So, a promise depends on the who or the what. Who's making the promise or what that assurance is. So if we go back to our definition, it's that one will do something or that a particular thing will happen. Okay? So it depends on the who will do something or the what, that particular thing that will happen. So the power is not in the word, is it? Oh, it's just a word. The power is in the person who's using that word or the item or the what that is the assurance that something will happen, right? So let's go back to this. A declaration or assurance that one will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. So again, the power is in the who or the what. Okay? So does God break promises? No. Somebody tell me a promise that God has broken. Anybody? Oh, don't be shy. What, what promise has God broken to you? Right, there's none. You can't come up with, and if you do come up with something, I can probably explain it away because God doesn't break promises ever. He's the who. And the what is everything that he says will happen. So if we can't rely on one another when we make promises, but we can rely on God when he makes promises, maybe we should start talking about some of the promises that God has made. Now, I don't have an exact number of how many promises God has made, and I'm sure if I were to Google that, I'd probably get several different answers because it's about interpretation. But I'm sure it's a lot. It's probably a really big number. And it's hard for us at times to keep one promise. Let's just say God made 100. I'm sure it's more than that in the Bible. Can you imagine having to keep 100 promises? Who can do that? Now, we could mince words here. We could say, well, maybe it's a guarantee and and not a promise. Well, you know what? I was given a guarantee that that thing was going to show up last Christmas, and it never did. By the way, I ended up in the spring. They started selling them at Walmart again. I went and bought him one, and 
gave it to him, and he was so excited. And I knew he would be. He was so excited. But kind of hurt when I wasn't able to give that to him for Christmas. Now, if God would have said, Phil, I promise that that thing will show up, I'd have had it wrapped before it showed up. Because you can rely on God's promises. But it wasn't God who said that. I want to ask this question. What do we say if a promise is never made? Like, okay, they never promised that they would send that item. Now, did they? I don't know. Maybe it went to the neighbor's house and neighbors, oh, I was thinking about ordering this. Man, this is great that Amazon now does this. You just think about it and it shows up. I don't know if that's what happened or if it just, they never were going to send it. I don't know. But what if a promise is not made? What if God didn't make a promise? Can we still rely on God to do something if he didn't make a promise? By all rights, he has, he doesn't have to follow through, right? So God hasn't promised any of us that we're going to win the lottery, has he? Anybody, God promised anybody that they would win the lottery? No. God promised anyone that they would live forever in this human form that we live on earth? No. Okay, did God promise that he's going to pay our taxes next year? Oh, I wish he would. <laughs> no, he didn't, right? So we don't, we can't just, we can't put words in God's mouth and say, well, God told me, and I believe that God's going to do this, but if God did promise it in this book here, you better believe it's going to happen. But if he didn't, then don't try to say that he did. So what I'm saying is it all goes back to the Bible, okay? So if a promise is not made, we have no assurance of the one or the a particular thing ever happening. So it's left to chance. It's left to chance. And that's what life is. A lot of what life is, is chance. You know, there's no promise that all of us will drive home from here today and make it safely home. I believe we all will. I pray that we all will. But there's no promise in that. That's where chance comes in. And that's part of life. But he did make promises, didn't he? He has made a promise. What promise has God made? Well, let's see. He made a promise to Israel, several. He told Abraham, your descendants will live in a land that they do not know. They will be slaves in a land they do not know. I will bring them out and give them this land where you are right now. Did that happen? Absolutely. He made another promise to them. He said through the prophet Isaiah, behold, the virgin will be with child and his name shall be called Wonderful, Mighty Counselor, Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. That's a promise made to Israel, but also made to us. And he made another promise. We read about this one this morning. He said, But you, Bethlehem, though you were little among the thousands of Judah, Yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel. A promise to a city, to Bethlehem. 
that they would have the one who would be coming out. And he's made a promise to all of us. To all of us. What is that promise? I can, let's start with the easy one, the one everybody knows. To have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. Will have everlasting life. That is a promise. So when I hear people say, well, I hope I'm going to heaven. I think I've done enough. I sure hope that I make it. That grates my nerves. You know why? That's not believing the promise. And I want you to believe the promise. The wonder of the promise. I want you to believe that when we pass from this life, that we wake up in a new life. If you've ever had surgery, you know how when they say, well, I'm going to put you to sleep now. And you're like, okay, yeah, and you're waiting for it. Next thing you know, the people standing over you, you're in the recovery room. Where did that time go? No matter if it was 45 minutes or five hours, where did that time go? That's what death is like. We fall asleep, if you will. We pass. Our heart stops. Brain function stops. And in a sense, we're sleeping. To the rest of us who are here, we're sleeping. But we have no knowledge of that. And all of a sudden, boom. We're in glory. Now, I don't know what that looks like, but we're all going to find out someday if we believe in the promise that came to Israel that the virgin would be with child. And I wish I had enough hours right now to explain why it had to be a virgin, to explain how he grew. I wish I could explain it all. But just for now, know that that promise was for us. That if we believe that Jesus died for us, we get to go to heaven. So, oh, hey, Todd, there's something on the top there. Can you click that because it's not letting me click? Oh, you want to continue sharing? Yeah, okay. I'll have to see if I can fix that for next time. Okay, so what we read this morning, verse 2. Out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. Then in verse 5, and he shall be their peace. These are words that we need to look for when we read this book here. Will and shall. And there's more, but we'll start with these two for now. If God says will or shall or anything like it, that's a promise. Out of you, Bethlehem, will come one who will be ruler of Israel. That's been fulfilled. That's a promise kept. And he shall be their peace. That's a promise coming. God will make a covenant of peace with us when we are all in heaven. Peace. Oh, we want peace, don't we? We don't have it on earth. We will have it in heaven. But you know how many times, how many times are those two words used in those three verses, four verses that we read this morning? Four verses. How many times? Ten times. Ten times he made a promise in four verses. That's like a tiny bit on the page of this giant thick book. Can you imagine how many promises are in here? 
how many times those words are used. And you know what? When God said, tell them I am sent you, that's a promise. He's saying, I am. I always am. I always will be. I am God is what he was saying. That's a promise. And then every time we use the word is, God is, that's a promise too. So there are many promises, 10 times in just what we read this morning. So can we rely on God's promise? Absolutely, 100%. And what else has he promised us? I've been sprinkling it in a little bit in this entire service today, and I don't know if you want to believe me or not, and that's okay. But if you don't believe, ask God if I'm wrong. He may convince you that I'm right. And that is that Jesus died for our healing. Have you ever considered that before? Because God doesn't do anything without doing two things. Everything's confirmed by the witness of two or more. If you look through the Bible, there's always two. Always two things to confirm it. So he died for our sins, that's one. He died for our healing, that's two. So why are the hospitals full? Why are they not empty? Why can't I just walk in and say, all of you be healed in the name of Jesus Christ? That's for another time. But I do want to tell you that God's promise is that he did die for our healing. Now, we are all going to eventually pass from this life, but we don't always have to do it earlier than what God intended. If you've got a diagnosis, you've got a test coming, you've got something bugging you, don't fret. Because God can and wants to heal. And if you want to talk more about that, please let me know. Because I really don't have time today to talk about it, but I will talk to you about it, or I hope put you in touch with someone who knows more than I do about it. But it's real. It's a promise of God. So this Christmas... As we celebrate the birth of our Savior, let's celebrate the life that he brought to us as well. Not just the eternal life, but the life we can have right now. And folks, I'm telling you, we've seen it in here. People have been healed. I have been healed of things. And I still say, did that really happen? Yes, it did. Okay, I'm human. I sometimes doubt. I understand we're going to doubt. But it happens. And it can happen. God wants it for us. So let's celebrate life that was given to us through a baby. But let's celebrate the life that we have right now in 2023. And will have in 2024 and beyond. God wants us to be healed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you don't break promises. And Lord, it's, it's sometimes hard to just imagine because we so often compare you to things that happen to us instead of looking to you when things do happen to us. So help us with that. But to say, Lord, that you don't break promises, what hope and joy that brings to our hearts. You are amazing, Lord, and we love you. And Lord, 
We pray that we go forth the rest of these days of this year, trusting you, hoping in you, living for you. And Father, bless us and carry us through. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn this morning is going to be found on page 220 in your red hymnal. And if you're able, please stand and we will sing together. Angels.